Putin, Zelensky, Biden, NATO, and Eastern Europe at war. You are listening to continuing coverage of war in Ukraine on The John DePietro Show. AM 1380, 99.9 FM, WNRI. Listen live online at DePietro.com. Let's go live now to the border of Ukraine and John DePietro. The problem with your heating system? Call R.E. Coogan Heating today, 401-732-6562. 24-hour emergency service, gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook and the website is recooganheating.com. Residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls, maintenance agreements, installation, RE Coogan Heating. Proud to help residential customers, and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority. Call them today. Now it's cold. It's going to remain cold. Call Coogan Heating today, 401 732-6562. It's Coogie. It's 24-hour emergency service. Hey, not long ago, our hot water tank gave out. What did I do? Did I panic? Did I try to fix it? I called Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. Look for them on Facebook, and then the website is recooganheating.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, petro.com well as you know it's tuesday it is march 29th we are uh, continuing coverage of uh in eastern europe of this war it's russia invaded ukraine and uh we've been on the ground now for this is our fourth week here this this portion of the program folks is brought to you by henry oil you know call them today still it's still chilly out it's still cold an oil company that you can depend on rhode island tradition since 1947 it's henry oil reliable affordable fuel oil delivery for you whether it's a residential or commercial you can depend on henry oil give them a call today 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery it's henry oil well folks again um as much as i am uh, overseas and we've been obviously focusing in bringing coverage regarding the war uh regarding ukraine uh i'm obviously following events at home and uh this fbi probe involving rhode island governor dan mckee certainly has my attention and i see that channel 10 who was trying to get a hold of him on friday uh they were in fact able to catch up with um with rhode island governor dan mckee they were able to catch up with him um i believe yesterday and what's interesting to me about this is governor mckee he has certain talking points that i would say that he's kind of latched onto, and something that he talks about is this uh procurement and he feels again i believe this is all his um i think brian crandall did a a good job on this um simply because you you hear where the governor has kind of changed his position regarding this whole contract and the fact that the FBI is now looking into it. And again, I, I think it's really significant. Um, he's not going to shake this. This is not going to go any way anytime soon. I think this spells problems for Governor McKee. It's the beginning of his troubles, not the end of his troubles. There's going to be leaks. There's going to be grand jury. This can go into different areas. Uh, he's got some serious problems. So let's listen. He's uh, come up with some talking points this is the nbc 10 piece regarding rhode island governor dean mckee who's now the subject of an fbi investigation last week brian crandall is live now in providence with a follow-up we've been waiting for brian Well, Patrice and Dan, Governor Dan McKinney is still defending the contract with the ILO Group to help reopen schools in the wake of COVID last year, a deal that paid the fledgling company with ties to a McKee advisor nearly $2 million. How nervous are you now that the FBI is involved in this investigation? 
Well, I, I, I don't really, I can't comment on it. I don't know what's going, you know, what is actually happening. We, as far as any investigation, we'll continue to work with people and provide them with all the information they ask for. Emails from just over a year ago show an education advisor McKee is close to crafted the scope of the deal with the head of ILO before the contract went out to bid, and that McKee was in the loop. Critics claim ILO got preferential treatment. The FBI doesn't usually go on goose chases. Does that, you right. said all along that there's nothing here. Do you still maintain that? Well, the decisions we make are in the best interest of the taxpayers. Oh, um, come on. Whether it's the health, education, the economy, equity. We're in a far better spot this year than last year. And the decisions that we've made have led us to that point. So I'm comfortable with the decisions that we've made. McKee was outright dismissive of criticism six months ago. There's no inside track. Oh, my God. What don't people get? The governor saying now there was the potential the contract could even have been given without going out to bid. We brought real good people in uh, to deal with a, a real um, uh, a crisis like we've never seen before in the state of Rhode Island. Uh, do you still maintain that there was no inside track? I know I've asked you that before, that there was no inside connection here to get a favorable contract for basically one company. Once it went to procurement, it was out of my hands. Procurement. And, uh, and then we followed the procedures. Remember, that was about a weekend to be in office. Uh, and um, agreements were being brought in on sole source at that point in time. We thought that that was a possibility. Once it went to procurement, it went out of our hands. All right, so the FBI is asking questions. I asked the spokesman for the Rhode Island Department of Education if they've been contacted by the FBI in recent days. I was told it's an ongoing legal matter and investigation, and therefore, no further comment. I'm Brian Crandall, NBC 10 News, live in Providence. All right, so he, here's where folks... Now, first of all, I like how Patrice Wood says, who finally answered to us, and that's because they were dodging Crandall on Friday. Now, with Governor McKee, uh, again... The, what I stands out to me, folks, with this whole thing is, number one, notice he says, you know, they, they're, they're trying to find what they're supposed to say. Uh, you know, we were just a week in office. Well, you know, I don't think that matters. If a crime was committed, and it sure sounds like one was, and I don't think I can tell you the FBI would not be investigating this if they didn't see evidence that a crime was committed. But um, the allegation to try to say, well, we were just a week in, in office, that— that's really not an excuse for breaking the law. It sure sounds like this was a rigged bid. Um, I think Brian Crandall and NBC10, they were actually um, somewhat overly gracious and fear to Governor McKee to say that they only got $2 million. The deal was supposed to be over $5 million. So now, for whatever reason, why the governor is now, he's also trying to say, the McKee people now, and his administration under this FBI probe, Governor McKee is also trying to say, well, you know, we, this didn't even have to go out to bid. We could have just given it out, but it did go out to bid. And it sure seems as though they were walking them through it. There's obviously now we don't know. I think it's interesting. The governor starts off saying he doesn't know. I, I don't know what this is about. He actually does know what's about. And we'll, we'll provide whatever information the people need. Well, you know, that, that, that goes without saying. I mean, now the feds are looking into it, demanding documents. They want to talk to people. I can tell you that this started, keep in mind, this started with the state police and Rhode Island Attorney General Peter Narona. It's then under the preview now of the U.S. Attorney and the FBI. Now, that tells me, number one, that there's obviously something here. It doesn't look good. It sure sounds like somebody broke the law. He can try to say we were doing the best thing for the taxpayers. We were brand new in office uh this whole business procurement but this there's this is the ultimate where there's there was something that went on here and there's a lot of money being exchanged there could be i would i'm willing to guess there are some emails that we have not seen or some other communication just because uh the media has gotten their hands on some both you know channel 10 and channel 12 doesn't mean that that's all the communication there could certainly be more communication that we just haven't been privy to yet so, but make no mistake about it. There's there's nothing good about this. I am telling you, this is going to drag on for quite some time. It's it's very difficult. So, Governor McKee, how did he seem right there? Well, he's had a couple of days to try to get his talking points down. I don't blame him for seeming defensive. I'm sure he feels he in some element they can't believe this is happening because uh, all of this all exploded just as he was coming into office. Governor Mundo left. He was becoming the governor. Things were moving very, very quickly. 
Uh, I don't know how it got to the stage that it did, but now, now you're going to have, when the FBI starts asking questions, this, this thing just takes a different turn. And as much as the McKee people would like to start steer the uh, conversation into a different area, the fact remains that a sitting governor, Rhode Island governor, Dan McKee, his administration right now is under an FBI probe for how they do business, how they award contracts, specifically this contract. There could be people that are in trouble. And right now it could be everybody's holding firm. But then you have to hire criminal defense attorneys. Then this gets really expensive. Then someone may find that they did, in fact, break the law. And now they want to help. And maybe they know about something else that went down. So many times, these once the FBI, once, as someone said to me one time, once they open the file, they don't close the file. This isn't the end of the investigation. This is the beginning. Uh, they And they go for everything. They look at everything. And they're in no rush. And the, as far as the statute of limitations, they have, a, I don't know how long it would be on this type of crime, but I'm willing to bet they have at least six years to work on this. So I don't know where this is going to lead, but none of it is good for Governor McKee. I'll tell you who it's good for is right now Secretary of State Nelly Gorbea. I think there's a new poll out that Helena folks, she's still in double, single digits. I'm not surprised. She hasn't said or done anything that would make her stand out from the pack. Uh, maybe that will change as we start to move closer to primary. Now, keep in mind, it's April, May, June, July, and then early voting starts in August. So it's five months away. Very anxious to see when they're going to be first on a stage. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. Hey, listen, spring is here. Here's what I'm asking. Why not call, get a free quote with J. Perry Paving? They offer free estimates any project high quality fair pricing exceptional service 20 years experience specialized in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios call j perry paving today at 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 it's j perry paving call for a free estimate and remember if you're a veteran no one is better to veterans than j perry paving once a month they give away. They do a veteran's driveway for free. So call them. Maybe you're a veteran or your spouse or your father, mother, son, daughter, grandfather, grandmother, aunt, uncle, whoever. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway. Call the best, and they do fantastic work. It's letter J, J. Perry Paving, 401 732 1730. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Portion of the program brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Check them out on the website, depietro.com, the Coesed Inn, or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Joining me right now, she is an independent columnist, opinion maker, one of my siblings. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, um, as we uh, begin week four here overseas, although i starting to believe the and very, very soon I will be returning uh, stateside. I'd like to start off just we obviously will talk politics and President Biden, but just the um, what what the world really saw. And that was at the Academy Awards and people are still processing it. And um, it, it, it really was just so outrageous. It's I think there's a lot of different dynamics to it. I think there's going to be more fallout. This is just to me one of those things that happens and then Unfortunately, there's different dynamics of it, but I want to start off with that that slap of Will Smith charging the stage and uh, slapping the host, or he was just presenting an award, Chris Rock, and then, you know, screaming at him from his, his chair, and then he's dancing afterwards and crying and got a standing ovation for winning the Academy Award, and it it's just uh, very troubling, and I'd like to start off, get some of your thoughts on it. 
Sure. And good to be as you are halfway around the world, but also uh, good to know you're You've, you've stayed safe and you might have a plan uh, to get out before things, who knows where yeah. it's going. As in, And John, Absolutely. you've done tremendous coverage. Right. I know I've told you that, but I really mean Thank that. You, and it's, it stands out. And I think it's something all your listeners will always and should remember. Uh, and you've gone to great lengths to bring us this kind of amazing coverage. Um, in terms of Thank the you, Oscars, too. absolutely. You know, um, like you say, just it, it, it was shocking and and it's troubling on many levels the way I'm looking at it as it's playing, you know, it's kind of people are beginning to really look at, you know, what occurred, why it occurred. I think um, people are siding certainly with Chris Rock and, and who stayed yeah. cool and he looked as stunned as the whole audience. And then I'm sure the TV audience, I mean, it, you know, th- there's just so much to that. First of all, and then Will Smith, the whole behavior that he presented that evening, and then he's crying later. I don't want to get into like what, you know, was he drinking or, you know, there's like lots of things that could have been going on with what was the matter with him that evening. But I think it it really crosses the Oscars, unfortunately, um, into a category they don't know, no major program like that wants to be in. And that is... John, you know, for all the world to see, it was an assault. He, he you know, he jumps up on the stage. Um, and, and to be fair to Chris Rock, the, the Oscars bring a comedian like that on the stage to make, you That's know, right. an award to be funny and to poke yes. a little bit of fun at these very elite, you know, big stars, big ego people, by the way. that That's what Chris Rock is asked and paid to do. So that's he's right. there. It, it didn't seem like the most, God knows, it wasn't the most vulgar joke that anyone's ever seen from no. the stage of the Oscars. Um, we can talk about what is the wife's, you know, the hair condition, but my goodness, there's many other ways to address it. Um, and, and to do that and worse, John, what I feel is even doubly troubling. He goes back to his seat and he's screaming profanities back uh, at the stage and dropping the F bomb and, you know, right there in unscripted live television. And what I think was troubling too, is this is almost behavior you'd see at like maybe these hip hop shows where, you know, like this, this sort of macho credo that. I'm sorry, you see that in gang member behavior, John, like you disrespected me or you disrespected, you know, my wife. I mean, it's so misplaced. And also what's so remarkable about it, Will Smith is not a guy on the around the fringes of Hollywood, John, right? He's like Hollywood royalty. He's been on the scene for a very long time. Um, I don't think anyone would see that coming by the way the guy like him i mean he's not sort of like a sean penn who's had his kind of moments you know what i mean so i think it was stunning for that reason he he is really a hollywood a-lister as they say he's an insider um you know what i mean they they're kind of a prominent couple whether they've had issues okay but you know they are so i think for all those reasons um and and you just have to think that something I think more should happen because, you know, it just, you say, I don't know what was going on with you, but you, you just can't, no one should be that above the protocol of that kind of an event. Um, It's beamed all over the world. And so I think it's just awful, um, obviously. And I, I kind of think it's also, you kind of feel bad for the show because they wanted this to be the big comeback from the you know, these half-hearted shows they had to put on through the pandemic, John, pandemic. you know, where they, they yes. had like weird tables and remember in parking lots and people in masks. And, but I you think know. of, you know, it's always been, you know, whether it's Billy Crystal or you go way back, you know, Carson, uh, I think at one time hosted the Academy Awards right. and, and Ricky Gervais lit up like the Golden Globes. And I mean, they've, they've had people, they've, they've struggled with the format of it. But I just think, and again, folks, we're speaking with Donna Perry during this time of people talking about like free speech is under attack. Well, that that was really free speech under attack. I mean, that yep. it wasn't that out of bounds. He is a comedian. Um, it was it, they they sat Will Smith and Jada Pickett Smith up front because 
he was about to win the Academy Award for Best Actor, of which, right. you know, you can get into the political correctness and they want to make sure that all the categories are covered. And in the past, the Academy Awards had problems with hashtag Oscars so white and so forth. But right. to um to then sit down and be yelling like that in the vulgarity and and then they brought him up and he won Best I know. Actor. I mean, it was just bizarre. And I think the afterwards of him dancing with the statue at the Vanity Fair party just showed how, you know, I I have no idea. He obviously is some kind, I didn't see the film that he won, which he portrays the Williams father father and so forth and trying to tie it into family. He didn't apologize, but there's, there's definitely something off here between this individual because he first started to laugh Right. And she wasn't laughing at all. And Chris Rock had his arms actually behind his back, like wondering where this is going to go. And right. And maybe it's going to be a light moment. But I, I think it's a major problem because the, I do agree with people. You know, this is a copycat thing. And and granted, I don't do, thank God, stand up. But it's one thing when there's a heckler in a comedy club and there are right. people, you know, they, they they actually they think they're part of the show. They go. And they go specifically to heckle the comedian. And um, and there's certain comedians they do to more than others. But 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 with this, you are now inviting. There'll be a copycat. Many comedians kind of uh, DJ engage the audience like, oh, you know, hello there. You guys married. You're out on a date. Right. Like they talk right. to them. Sure. And, um, and this could easily lead to someone storming onto the stage i mean i you watch between now and the weekend someone is gonna charge onto a stage and like hit a comedian it's i I find it very very damaging well it 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 is we're we're in a very damaging time for comedy and to be fair you know comics are under attack um you know there have been a lot of guys and and women who you know they toiled for years um in that field and whether they got to tv shows or you know they've been you know comedians but there have been you know like you say john over the years half of what you know the oscars the academy this is about entertainment it's often about make believe it's about fiction but then it's also supposed to be a medium, a film can do some introspection, look at hard things, you know, look at the human frailties and, you know, and go on and on. But, and so like, that's the business you guys are in. Mm. So he's a comedian. He is supposed to go out and and make a couple of jokes. I guess the whole thing that set it off was he said, Oh, you know, you're going to do another GI Jane movie. Now, to be fair, and I wasn't, I don't follow these people that closely. So she, I guess she's been very public or uses her Instagram. She does yes. suffer from that condition. Yes. Alopecia. Yeah. It is in involuntary. They don't really know what's, you know, and you have massive hair loss. That's very hard for anyone and certainly for females. And um, the Massachusetts Congresswoman, um, you know, she, she has that. She's going to Presley, been, who initially Presley, put out a tweet saying she, yeah. she was glad that he did that because like, <laughs> it's about time to strike back. They've been mixed messages Gosh. with people. You know, one woman who's so high profile said she thought it was the most beautiful thing, Will Smith defending his wife that way. I, mm. I completely disagree with I that. I disagree. Teacher. This is, you know, they, there's a monologue. They go around. They poke fun. That's seemingly part of it. Uh, Chris Rock is definitely an edgier comedian, but he's definitely one of the more popular. I think he knows them and thought maybe he could kind of get away with and, it. Plus, they're sitting so up close. Well, and John, and to your point, if I may, there are many other, within that evening, by the way, there were other format moments yes. after the show. We all, you know, these people have huge press moments, right? They go backstage and then they're all the, um, the media is there and they can say whatever they want. He could, uh, you know, Will Smith could have taken that moment to say, mm. I want to point out, I didn't think it was a funny joke. Now that, that itself might've been controversial, But it wouldn't have been the moment that we saw. Um, And I would just leave it by adding by him just swallowing up that moment in this Mm. shocking, you know, and it it is violent. Go up there and try to knock a guy over. Um, So when we talk about that, the Oscars wanted to highlight black characters, black films, etc. Chris Rock was presenting as I think 
mm. I'm correct about this, was presenting the award for a documentary that was very highly regarded about uh, life in Harlem. Yes. And that, so that produ- producer, director, those people mm. were totally overshadowed. So you know yes. what I mean? Like they were supposed to have a big moment for people who might not have heard of that and said, well, wow, you know, this big, important documentary. And then actually, if you were the Williams family and the sisters, it really overshadowed, you know, they, they are a remarkable story in sports. They really did break barriers as these two black female girls who, right. Who took, you know, tennis um, and became, you know, this huge world champion, which was not considered a black sport. So I think that film had a lot to say. Well, he overshadowed all of those things that I, I think, mm. if, you know, the black community is probably kind of really disappointed that that his action overshadowed all those other things. So, yeah, I just before we take the break there, there has to be consequences. Yes, this, uh, DJ, you know, and I'm not going to get into, you know, a number of people immediately started saying, can you imagine if what would have been the reaction if that had been a a Bradley Cooper or someone like that that went up and struck right, Chris Rock. Right. Now you have a white man striking a black man, and it's a whole different deal. But mm-hmm. um, it it just um, wow, it was just there has so, to be consequences. There has to be consequences for it. It was just so out of the norm, and then his reaction afterwards, just dancing with his uh, yeah, trophy this, afterwards at the like party, as if was, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, very very bizarre. Or if it was offensive and, and didn't feel was funny, then he could have even mentioned it during his acceptance speech, of which he then still won. And, right. So uh, speaking of speeches, we're going to talk about a speech that uh, there was an ad lib at the end and a lot of uh, rever- reverberations around the world. <laughs> right. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more Donna Perry on the John DePietro show. Right after, uh, We'll be back in just a moment. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. It's my health because it's your health. But it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's my health. And inside, pop in. You'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp and CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with one of my siblings, columnist, independent opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. And DJ, um, we were in the same country. Uh, President Biden flew over. Yes. <laughs> he was in Poland. He delivers the big speeches, very fiery speech. Uh, I, I don't know whether they had success with the NATO meetings or not, um, but there is definitely a pattern here where, and this is, uh, there were several missteps. Uh, we have reached a point that if he, if he at any point does, uh, just calls an audible, which is he just starts to ad lib something. There's there's problems. He started when he said to the. 82nd Airborne, yep. wait till you get there and see the, you know, the Ukrainian people. They're terrific. And then they're being asked, oh, are you guys going there? But that line, oh, my gosh, those words at the end, which really just fueled, uh, uh, fueled Putin at the end. I'm very anxious to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I, I will say that. And when he first said it, it, it was clearly off script and it was an authentic unguarded thing you know and and i you know i think john a part of the worldwide audience taking this in may have said well yeah the american president is uh you know kind of pounding the uh, lectern and saying what's true and that's so i think there was a moment of saying hey he he said it what has to be said but he's not just anybody he's the american president so um i i do 
think, and then other comments he made, which I thought was offensive to Ukraine when he said it looks like a science fiction movie, like how much destruction. And and then, you know, but then all his behavior has been very wishy-washy about, you know, how much we're going to help Ukraine. So uh, I think we've reached a point. There were several um, public gaffes we know about, which other writers have talked about, John. By the way, we don't know. How the gaffes and weird things that could be said in private meetings. He had a slew of these private, very right. high stakes meetings. Um, and so, you know, I do think, you know, we, we've reached a point where the, he's kind of not sure. And on one hand, in my view of, of what is his doctrine on this whole terrible war and mess Good with point. Ukraine. So I think number one, he wanted to look, something he hasn't looked and that would be very engaged and he wanted to be passionate and he wanted to be saying, you know, democracy will always win. And, you know, and he was kind of almost speaking like he's for the historical record. You know, I think he, they wanted a very, you know, big pounding speech because they're, you know, they want for, for his own legacy or something, John. And in the meantime, all of the, his, Biden and his team's talk of, oh, but we don't want escalation. This very remark is easily could be the point of escalation. Because if you're reading in the 48 hours after him saying that, regardless of the staff doing this, and John, let's face it, they're they're frantic, I call it, frantic, embarrassing, mopping up after. (laughs) That's not what he meant. And he's it's like, look, he just stood in this historic spot in Poland, the, the palace, they call it, right, at Warsaw. And, yes. and, and he just made a historical remark that Jen Psaki cannot white mop up and cannot re- remove from history. He stood there and said it. That's the number one. And I would just say, um, you know, the unscripted gaffes have been numerous so where we are right now for the U.S. is, I think, the whole episode in and of itself, not only does it insult Putin, and that's in and of itself a problem, John, I think knowing he made a gaffe, everyone is following all this, and then the staff is like cleaning up after him, I think that only adds to the sense of weakness it about does. Biden in the eyes of Putin. And he's yes. saying, you know, that this is an old president, not up to the game. Uh, he's speaking all over the place. And, and, but it also adds something more dangerous in that um, what other commentators have talked about is that it, it, it's, it feeds Putin's sense of, you know, that is what, how the U.S. has always felt. I, I right. have to be removed from power. You know, yep. so I, I think there's a lot of deeper concern and that we're probably not publicly hearing in the halls of the Pentagon in the past 48 hours. And again, his uh, State Department team, you know, I mean, I I think you have a very big problem on our hands. If you have a U.S. president who cannot be trusted to make a large international, you know, internationally significant speech and, and be afraid he's going to create this uproar. And John, let's be honest, it, that's painful to say. That's where we are with this president. That is where so. we are. And it's also, and again, folks, we're speaking with Donna Perry. Um, you know, it also completely overshadowed was whatever was said in the speech. I also just wonder if, you know, do they do all of the speech? So then at the end, he feels like he wants to add his own little it's like it's all typed out for him. He wants to just put his own little note at the bottom. So that's why then he, he yeah. lives like that. Uh, but that does play into the Russian propaganda. The uh, the criticism of it came down very, very swiftly. But, you know, let, let's face it. Um, and, and I think, and I, I said to you, the Wall Street Journal had a good editorial. Um, yeah. Something has to change. Amazing. Because w- what's the solution? That that she she's not, right? You know, she hasn't even embraced being vice president. She certainly isn't qualified to become the president. He's going to be the president for the next three years, whether people like it or not. And something needs to change the dynamic around him because by all accounts, it's not working. And you know what else? All of this wishy-washy to then just start peppering speeches with, you know, but he's Putin's a butcher. He's a war criminal. You know, that just I mean, talk is cheap. 
So you still have Zelensky saying they're not getting all the, you know, weapons and equipment they need. Well, right. And Biden's like kind of walking around, kind of being the man with the 82nd Airborne and throwing these insults around it. It really doesn't, you know, solve anything. That, and that's how I viewed it, John. Like, you know, yeah. again, there's there's plenty of apologists in the media and people on MSNBC and they want to say, oh, my gosh, you know. Um, the history making speech. I would disagree. I mean, again, yeah. I think from the White House point of view, they wanted him to look very engaged, very leadership with NATO. But I would say that, like you just said, like Zelensky, I, I just thought the whole thing it was a very odd thing to watch it because was. he's making these grandiose pronouncements that democracy will always win over these, you know, autocrats and and, you know, the communist dictators, that was really, mm. but, which, by the way, that reflects his age. A man about yeah. 80 has a deep sense of the communist dictators, which, you know, destroyed part of Eastern Europe, of course. Yes. So I think that part of it is in Biden. I would I would give him that, that I think it was an authentic feeling that, you know, this kind of communist dictator, you know, which he is like, cannot go on. But the point is, he's making this grandiose speech, but the U.S., under his decisions, mm -hmm. has really not done what needs to be done. And this is what Zelensky is saying. It's like, yeah, you're making the big speech, but here, John, what, what, you know the territory, you're there like 50 miles away. There was shelling going on while he's talking. Yes. They're, not, they're knocking down pieces of buildings. Yep. You have these poor... Um, you know, innocent victims of this and women and children and she, they got blankets around kids and they got blood on their face and they're like running. I mean, this was all happening. It's like you could juxtapose the two images. He's over there making the big speech and that's what Zelensky's saying and his military is tired and they're not getting the U.S. weapons fast enough. It's not that they're not getting them. Um, but honestly, his administration is kind of dragged their feet. And it was only because Congress pushes. A lot of Republicans have said, you, you we're the U.S. You have to help this. And he's making this big point about and he did again. I think he ad libbed that thing of saying not one inch, not one inch of NATO yeah. territory or whatever. Well, again, poor Zelensky is like, I'm 50 miles away over here. Yes. Like, you know, they've destroyed our country. Yep. And I just think that there are a lot of, uh, I would think that they're behind the scenes. There are a lot of advisors. There have to be, J.D., you and I know we do have the finest military. I think there's a lot of belief if we put, a small contained force with, I'll just, you know, in my opinion, why not use the U.S. fighter jets? We spend, you know, billions and billions and all this stuff. Some people have said we could end this thing quickly. Hmm. So I, I don't know. Like, I think that there's a lot to be said that he made this big, tough speech. But again, he's not really putting enough behind it. Um, so, and I do think that editorial if I may just want a couple of quick points yeah. and you've already said them, I think it was, it was phenomenal in this way. They, they said a, a tough thing that had to be said. Um, we are in a precarious time. I mean, this yeah. is a huge international crisis. It, it goes, it's like 70 years since we've had possibly a threat like this. No one sitting here today knows would Putin go to a nuclear weapon? Mm. We don't know that. Because five weeks ago, we, we couldn't have imagined, you know, it, right. what would have happened. And the editorial basically said he needs to get stronger advisors, work more with Congress, and also let, laid it out and said, it, Biden is the president because we, do, we have such a weak number two. And Harris mm -hmm. is in no way ready oh, and would not be ready to step up. So um i thought that it was important that they were tough and laid that on the line like that jd and i i also think they made a note that these kinds of you know autocrats and the tough leaders of russia and china they do see but they in their view we have had years of american decline and yes. they talk about that in the op-ed and and uh and also you have a weak american president we've mm. been saying that for weeks 
and now here we are. So we, you know, we, we shall see. But I think these are really delicate uh, days and weeks over what takes place. That was the big moment of, uh, of him getting on the plane and finally coming over here. And let's face it, the, the, the real thing that people are going to remember is those last lines that he ad-libbed at the end yep. that really fuels the, uh, the Russian propaganda. Folks, another quick break. A lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. To check out our website, DePietro.com, DePietro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Senadale Revival comfort food and cocktails located 2025 smith street in north providence shane and his crew what a wonderful job they've done winner of several rhode island best of awards best of rhode island awards the senadale revival delicious food cocktails a lot of fun stop it and see them 2025 smith street in north providence we speak with donna perry and dj i'm just curious to hear your uh, thoughts on how the whole supreme court nomination process played out uh, you know kind of for some republicans certainly a chance to get some face time in the end it, it does seem that that they're gonna seemingly have the votes but i'm just curious how you think the whole process played out well as you say i mean i think it's it's becoming a foregone conclusion um i think judge jackson you know will get the vote to go on. Um, and, and I think from the GOP position, unfortunately, um, they raised what a lot of people might think were very valid concerns about mm. some of her rulings as a, a judge of, you know, at the bench she's on right now and, and leniency that has been shown and what they have, you know, done the research, some, you know, difficult cases, a child predator case uh, or um, child sex offender case and, and things like that. But what, what keeps overshadowing this is almost this sense of, oh, you, you know, she cannot be questioned about maybe some questionable rulings and uncomfortable, going to uncomfortable territory because um, she's a historic pick. And, and I do think that the tenor That's of right. this has been yes. like, how dare you, how dare you question um, someone that Biden has, they've ordained that there, you know, there's has to be a black female on the U S Supreme court and sort of like, so this should just be ceremonial. That's kind right. of the approach of a lot of the Democrats, mm. um, Cory Booker and, you know, being very emotional and, and some of these other people, my, my sense is, uh, the vote I believe is April 4 and that she will, uh, make it on. And then, you know, I think both sides, a little bit use sort of the material from the hearing to their advantage. I think um, the Republicans will say, gee, we had a nominee that, you know, has um, a lot of questionable rulings and they, you know, but they want to push her on the court and the Democrats will say, oh, you know, the GOP, there's always shades of racism. And so they, you know, they want to stop a historic nominee, you know, and, and this will be used in um, I would say in the, the midterm elections, coming up this year to a, a great degree, both sides do. So mm. I, I do think though um, that I think, I believe that there would not be a way to stop the vote and, and that she will get through that committee and, you know, get the vote. We, we'll see. It's, um, it's been a little bit less visible because of the Ukraine thing than the way yes. some of these kind of, right. I point. mean, yeah, and I get it. As much as the Republicans still want to settle the score with Kavanaugh and everything else, right. um, it does seem to be a poor con conclusion. Donna Perry, I'm also curious. This this has been um, an interesting time with the new mayor of Boston and Mayor mm -hmm. Wu, and almost some things that are certainly out of the ordinary between the protesters. And now it is unusual that the Globe chose to do a story on something that and admittedly, by writing about it, they kind of fuel the flame on it. But it starts with whether or not she's actually being treated fairly, the protesters in her neighborhood. But this, um, Nick, only like a whispering campaign that they're trying to, there were people out there trying to portray that, the, that she does not, you know, she physically, mentally is not up to it. She's overwhelmed by the job. She's having these panic attacks apparently now if she's late somewhere they start saying oh she you know must have had another panic attack um it was mm. it's it's unusual for a paper like that 
to address a rumor, which supposedly is completely untrue. But um, it has been interesting to watch, you know, the difference between are people just being upset about COVID and are they exercising their right or is there more there as far as is this really like targeted harassment because she's this young Asian female? Right. And so all of that is kind of what I felt the globe, you know, they want to kind of put that question out there. Um, but I would say this, first of all, um, you know, she, she is a person, a mayor who came in really on the tail end of what has been, you know, a tough two years, um, on the tail end of the virus and the pandemic. Um, and so first of all, she, she had in place things that, by the way, she's now rolled back where they, they were doing, um, proof of vaccination requirements in a lot of public settings in Boston, uh, sports venues and entertainment and all that stuff. Um, there was a lot of uneven, you know, application of that or restaurants. Well, that's all been rolled back, but that hasn't stopped. There is, you know, I look at it this way. I, I do feel whether it's Michelle Wu Baker or when it happened to Gina Raimondo, I don't approve of protest groups thinking that they have a right to go in up your driveway yeah. and be outside your windows. I really don't. I, I don't care mm. how much you're against. I don't think it's right when they stalk a conservative like that. And we've yeah. seen that happen certainly across the country. And I don't think it's right uh, whether she's a progressive mayor. I don't. She's a has a family and young children. And she's talked about how her children say, oh, there they are, you know, or something like that. And so I, I do think... The protest group, and that is related to the vaccine mandates, and there is yep. kind of a hardcore group. And first of all, they were, um, you know, very against anyone having to be vaccinated. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, there's been these groups, you and I have talked about this over these many months. There's been, it's been odd just to me personally that you have people who work in a hospital and they've been some of the loudest opponents to being mandated right. to do the vaccine. I don't get that piece of it, but that's also yeah. been out there. Those groups True. have been out there. Um, so I do think to be fair to her, I don't, I just don't think it's appropriate. Um, there are many, many ways that you, if you have um, any, and I think there are, you know, things to be listened to on both sides of this, but I think there are many ways you can reach an elected person. There's enough hearings and they're at press conferences. So, and I have said that before, I don't think it's right that they have decided that it's a daily thing at her property. And during the um, pandemic, they did that to Baker for a while. They were daily across the street in the house. Um, And, you know, obviously she is a trailblazer. She is uh, Chinese and she's very young in her mid thirties, but she also served for a good number of years and was certainly was kind of solid on her feet as a, a city councilor. So, but this is a different job. This is huge. Um, she's now embroiled in a, I believe that the restaurant owners in the North end, this is a whole new issue that erupted in recent days. They're filing a lawsuit against her because she wants these to put these big fees on them for outdoor dining. And, Mm. and there's all these issues about how much it costs, but also that it costs the city because the North end is so small and tight. It's like, you know, the way federal Hill would be, well, it, and then you have, something like over 70 outdoor cafes in small set of blocks in that mm. area. And then they said there's been rodents and, you know, trash problems mm. and rowdy. So she's facing like a whole big mess about that. They're filing a suit and she's trying to push back. So I would say all in all, John, she's had a rocky start, um, you know, yeah. to her tenure. Um, and look, she's got, her style is not going to be Marty Walsh, you know? So, um, and I do think as any very young, uh, political figure, I think she's going to have to learn and find her footing. And I, I think what happens to some people that come out of the whole progressive wing, they sort of have sometimes JD like cult like followings. And there are these advocates, right. And they're like, so, passionate and i think she had that circle that pushed her campaign to the top um well it's a big city 
and there's millions of people and it is a city that has a lot of you know dynamic ambitious uh developers and you have all kinds of things that people want done in boston and um and and you know you just have all these dynamics that's a lot bigger than city council so i i do think that she's um uh, I'm not surprised if she's feeling some true physical anxiety with the job and mm-hmm. she's young, young children. So, you know, um, but I do feel that there is an appropriate place for people to protest and then not appropriate. And I, you know, the thing at the house, I, I don't, I don't know why um, she can't just kind of lay down the law and work with the Boston police department and say, I'm sorry, they, they, they're not going to be like in front of my, window or something you know and and they are there every day early so oh yeah yeah um, no they um these groups kind of formed out of the pandemic they, they these yeah. are and i know of several of them in the rhode island area they they they're now clubs and they mm-hmm. every weekend they protest and it's it's become a thing and they sometimes are on yeah. the news and they know each other and it's it's become like a hobby. They have like schedule shifts. And well, they, they have do. like rotate shifts. Like there yeah. has to be people because they're they the ones who are there. Yes. Um, so. so, but these, um, I just think she's also just finding um, in a lot of progressives. It's one thing you're, you and you have all these ideas and you're on the trail, the campaign trail, but governing is different. And governing, you know, the governing is a form of compromise. And yes, yeah. as you said, there's different agendas that come in and, people you have to work with people that didn't vote for you and you have to work with people who will never vote for you but they still are important and they have a seat at the table and they have loud voices and you have to find a way to uh, maneuver it folks again she is uh donna perry dj great as always i look forward to seeing you sometime yes. soon yes and uh, uh likewise and, uh, stay, john stay safe likewise and we'll john talk to you again. we'll follow you okay. we'll follow you okay thanks t thanks bye Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus, heating and cooling. In Massachusetts, call the Rehoboth office, 508-252-3359. And in Rhode Island, 401 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. The John DePietro Show brought to you by Realtor Pat Elston. Call Pat today, 401-474-5253. There's a link right directly to her on the website, dipietro.com. Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Pat services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Contact Pat Elston today, 401-474-5253, and you can find her right on the website, dipetro.com.